Girls, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I think when I was sitting there with Jennifer leading, I was like, I needed this more than anyone else here. I need a deep breath tonight. I don't know if any of you, May for my family is just stinking chaotic. I mean, end of school, I'm on the school board in Friendswood. And so I feel like I've seen 400,000 kids receive an award in the last couple of weeks, which is great, but it's a lot. And it's just a busy time. Uh, my husband and I have, um, we're buying a house, we're selling a house. Our, you should see our house that we're trying to sell. Help us, Jesus. I'll just leave it right there. So it's just a, it's a crazy month. And so coming here tonight is a, a time of respite for me. So I'm so grateful to be here. And I'm so grateful that you are here. And above that, I'm grateful because the Lord is here and he's going to speak to us tonight because that's who he is. That's who he is. And what has prompted my message tonight started really when we ended Bible study in the spring. We ended a while ago, it was in March. And when we ended, several of you approached me and said, we can't stop here. We can't stop. The summer is long and it's dry and it's hot and we can't stop. And what I saw in a lot of us was this bit of panic of like, what, what do I do? Because when I come here, I connect with God. When I come here, I'm able to somehow experience his presence, hear him speaking to me. And without this, I feel a little nervous. I feel a little bit lost. And I get that. I get that. And as I was praying about what to share tonight, um, what I sensed the Lord was saying to me was, I want everyone in this room to become my disciple. And that word disciple and discipleship is a big word in my, in my mind. And it's a big word. And I mean, it's intimidating to me. And if you had to, in your own mind, define it for yourself, what does it mean? What does decide, what is a disciple and what does discipleship mean? It's a big lofty thing. And for years, I always filled in the blank to say, well, a disciple is a follower of Jesus. And that's not untrue, that's not untrue, but if you leave it there, it can get us tripped up. And then the word discipleship to me was like, well, that's somebody that's really smart. That's somebody that probably goes to seminary. If they don't go to seminary, they love to study and memorize big chunks of scripture at a time. And so I, I just, as I was growing in my relationship with the Lord, those two things got real intimidating for me. And at some level, I began to take myself out and think, well, I don't know where I fit and I don't know how to walk with the Lord and I don't know how to grow in my relationship with Him. And I didn't for a long time. And then God began to teach me what discipleship really means and what it really looks like to follow Jesus. Because if we just define disciple to be a follower of Jesus, I think it doesn't do it justice because to follow Jesus, and if you just view it that way, it puts all the onus on me. And it creates a picture in my mind, and maybe yours too, that I'm running hard after him. I'm trying to catch him, or I'm trying to stay in step with him, and I better really do well at it, and I'm not exactly sure how to do it, and it really stresses me out. And there's sometimes I just wanna break from that. And I wanna take a deep breath. And if that's the case, then I don't understand what a disciple is. And so tonight, we're gonna unpack that. 
And we're gonna demystify and debunk this big word that is discipleship. Because all of us were created to be disciples. All of us were created to be in relationship with God. We were not created for just a belief system. We were not simply created to be a part of a religion. That's not God's intention. God's intention is that we be in a relationship with Him that is alive and active. I can hear from God, I can fellowship with God, I can talk to God, I can receive from God, I can obey God. My relationship with the Lord is alive and it's active. A mentor of mine said one time, he said, it is not obedience that will sustain your faith, it is wonder. It is wonder that will sustain your faith. And I believe that, I believe that. For me, obedience comes and it's not always fun, but obedience, if it comes from a place of a connected relationship with God, it's very different than when I'm obeying to earn his approval versus obeying because I know I have his approval. Do you see the difference? So obedience coming from a place of security in my relationship with God makes all the difference. And so tonight we're gonna look at a passage and I'm just gonna walk us through a passage and then I'm gonna have some friends join me on stage and we're gonna talk about what it means to walk and grow in a relationship with Jesus in 2018. But first we're gonna look at a woman in the, Old, in the New Testament called Mary Magdalene. Some of us know her, some of us feel as though we know her well. And we're gonna find her in John, the book of John. It's a gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you have a smartphone, you can turn to it. If you have your Bibles, turn to it. There's Bibles on your table. If you don't, you can just listen because we're, we're gonna look at seven verses tonight. And as we look at this passage, this is probably not a passage, if you're familiar with it, that you would go, oh, that's a great picture of discipleship. I see, I see exactly what you mean. But as we unpack it, I think it's gonna make more sense. Let's jump in, in John chapter 20, we're gonna start in verse 11. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. Jesus has died. He has been crucified on the cross. He has not yet risen, or so the disciples don't know that. And so it is a very dark time. It is part of that three day period of time when everyone thought all hope was lost, the disciples are sitting together in an upper room scared to death. Literally, they are scared to death because they have staked their lives on Jesus being the son of God and now he's dead and they're not quite sure if this thing is gonna pan out the way they were told it would. And Mary Magdalene is one of his disciples. Yes, she is. Mary Magdalene is one that was possessed by seven demons and she was freed by all seven through the love of Jesus. And Mary Magdalene is invested, she loves him and she is lost, she is grieving, she is confused where we find her in the story. Some of us have come here tonight and we feel lost, we feel confused, we feel hopeless, we feel dried up and we are wondering if this whole thing is true. If that is you tonight, you connect with Mary Magdalene. If that is not you tonight, you have been there or you will be there. So we all connect with Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene in verse 11 says she was standing outside the tomb crying. 
Jesus has died and she is standing outside the tomb, believing that his dead body is inside and she is weeping. What's interesting about this is what drove her to the tomb was grief. She is pursuant of Jesus. She is seeking after him because she is in a place of pain. I can tell you what has been true for me in my life is that in the high times of my life, the mountaintop experience, I have given thanks, but they have not pressed me into Jesus like the times when I am in a dark, painful situation. Those are the times that I am seeking. I'm going, God, are you there? I need you. I need you. I know I didn't need you yesterday, but I need you today. I am so sorry about that, but I need you now. Mary Magdalene is in a place of grief and pain, and she is standing outside of the tomb. If you read earlier in the passage, you will see in other translations, she sprinted to the tomb. She ran with her girlfriend's hot pursuit after Jesus, dying to find out where he is, wanting to be with him, desperate to seek him, desperate to find him. I have been Mary Magdalene. Her pain was the catalyst that led her to Jesus. Don't despise your pain. Don't despise it. Don't despise it. Don't deny it. Allow it to do its work and press you into Jesus. And that's what she did. So she's standing outside the tomb crying. And it says, as she wept, she stooped and she looked in the tomb. And she saw two white robed angels. One was sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. No longer there. Had been lying. They looked at her in verse 13 and said, dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Mary says, because they've taken away my Lord. She had a relationship with him. They've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. They've taken away my Lord and I don't know where they've put him. Verse 14 says, she turned to leave and she saw someone standing there. Now this is critical. It says it was Jesus, but she did not recognize him. It was Jesus, but she did not recognize him. I wonder in my own life, how many countless times I have been in the presence of Jesus and did not recognize him. I didn't recognize him. I was too distracted, too filled with worry, too filled with grief, too filled with joy and did not recognize him. And Jesus says to her, dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Now, do you think Jesus didn't know who she was looking for? No, this is the frustrating thing about Jesus. You will see this throughout scripture. He always asks the obvious question. Always ask the obvious question. What is it that you want with me? Why are you here? Why are you crying? The paralytic, what's going on? Well, he can't walk, can't you see that? The man that's paralyzed by the pool at Bethesda, Do you wanna be well? Yes, I wanna be, why are you asking me that? Why do you think he's asking her that? I think he's asking her because he knows questions connect us. Questions are connectors. And so he's asking Mary Magdalene, why are you crying? Who are you looking for to get her to start talking? And when she starts talking, she starts to open up. Are you like me and whenever you find yourself in a painful situation, a difficult spot, you tend to shut down? Now, here's the thing. I shut down, but it may look like shopping at Target shut down. <laughs> but I'm, 
but what I'm not doing is I'm not open and vulnerable and sharing my pain. Now, for some of you, shut down means you're in bed, right? Some of us shut down means you're at a bar, you're at happy hour. Some of us shut down means you are cleaning your house like a banshee. Some of us shut down means you are yelling at your kids in a way that you don't normally yell at them. Some of us shut down means we are binge reading book after book. It just looks different. But typically when we find ourselves fearful and in pain and out of control, we shut down. And Jesus is saying, come, come back, come out, come on out, come on out, come on out. Why are you crying? What's really going on, Laura? What's really going on? I cannot connect with him when I am shut down. And Jesus is always in pursuit of you and me. He's always asking the questions. Where are you? First thing he asked Adam and Eve when sin entered the garden. Where are you? Where are you? He knew where they were. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent, all-knowing. He knew where they were. Where are you? What have you done? Who told you you were naked? Question after question. Connectors. He wants to be connected, drawing her in, drawing her in. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her, who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. He has freed her from seven demons. She took her most expensive life saving, cracked it open, it was perfume, poured it on his feet. She knows what Jesus looks like. She knows Jesus and she didn't recognize him. Why didn't she recognize him? I don't know, I think because she was full of grief. I think because she was frenzied, frenzied. And she probably did not expect to see him like that. How many times has Jesus spoken to me, but I wasn't looking for him like that. I did not expect to see him speak that way through my husband. I did not expect that I would meet him on aisle three at HEB with this woman I haven't seen that is encouraging. I did not expect that I would see him that way. I didn't expect I'd see him come out of my daughter's mouth. I did not expect to see him when I'm running and I see a cardinal run in front of me. I just don't recognize him oftentimes because I'm not looking for him in that way. I'm looking for him in a way that says, here's when you're gonna sell your house. It'll be on this date and it's gonna be really smooth and here's what it's gonna be like to move and you don't need to worry. That's how I'm looking for him right now. That's how I'm looking for him. I'm not looking for him in, okay, connect with the realtor. Connect with the realtor. Engage with him. He may have something to say to you. Call her. You've been prompted to call her, call her, pick up the phone, call her. I'm not expecting to see him that way. She was not expecting him to be standing in front of her. She thinks he's dead. She's never seen somebody raised. She didn't know he was gonna come out of that tomb. She'd hoped, she was desperate, and there he is. She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go get him. Have you ever been that desperate? Just tell me where he is and I'll go get him. When's the last time you would have done anything to get to something or someone, to get freed from something? Just tell me, just tell me. I can just picture her. Just tell me where he is. 
He changed my life. Just tell me where he is. Tell me where you put him. And Jesus looks at her and says, Mary, Mary, Mary. He calls her by her name, Mary, Mary. And as soon as he does that, she turns to him and cries out, Rabbani, which is Hebrew for teacher. She recognizes him. The scales fall off. I want to camp here for just a second. Here's what discipleship looks like. Discipleship looks like a recognition that Jesus has called your name. He's called you by name. I have been in church a lot of years. I have heard the truth about Jesus. I know Jesus has spoken to me, but I can tell you when I heard him call my name, I was 19 years old. I was at Texas A&M University and I was sitting with my Young Life area director. And he spoke some truth to me and the Lord used it in that moment. It wasn't new truth. I'd heard it, but for whatever reason, the Lord called my name. I grew up in church, was confirmed in church. But I can tell you that my relationship with him got personal in a way it had not been before when I heard him call my name. It cut through the quick. Discipleship is, is a relationship and that relationship is personal. And so a disciple is someone that is personally connected to Jesus. And you're personally connected to Jesus when you recognize and you wake up to the fact, oh, he's saying my name. That's for me. I was sitting in a small group on Monday, a Bible study that I attend, and I hijacked the whole Bible study. And I said, can we not watch that video? And can we walk through this passage together? And I started walking through this passage with the women there. And I said, I want you to tell me, when have you heard him call your name? Now he's called my name lots of times. It's a personal encounter that you have with the living God. And I can give you ways that scriptures jumped off the page. A song that I've heard has spoken to me. A woman or a man has spoken into my life and it has connected me to the Father. But it's personal and it's mine. You see the difference? It's not a belief system, it's the reality of the belief system. It's the belief system coming to life. And it's critical. And a friend of mine was saying, I can tell you when I heard him call my name, she said, I grew up and my parents got divorced and my dad left. That's how the divorce happened, he left. And she said, I grew up with, I've always had a fear of abandonment. I always thought eventually anyone I was close to would eventually leave. And it had been a struggle in her marriage. She thought eventually he's gonna leave. Why wouldn't he leave? My dad, why, why wouldn't he leave? And she said, for whatever reason, I was in church one Sunday and we were singing a worship song and the words, and I'll botch them, but it was, I'm always with you. I will never leave you always. But she said the word always. For the first time in her life, she sensed the Holy Spirit speak to her and say, I'm always with you. I will never leave you. Now, had she heard that before? Of course she'd heard that before. But for whatever reason, it became real and she believed it. She believed it for her. Her eyes woke up and she thought, that's for me. That's for me. I remember one time uh, I was in a very, very dark season of my life. Painful, I was grieving and some friends of mine swept me away and we went to Colorado. And deer have always been something sweet for me. Whenever I see two deer, 
It's just something really sweet. And I'm staying at the basement of my friend's house. And I wake up this morning. And when, you, know, you know when you're really struggling and you're really in a dark place and you wake up and you're like, oh, it's still here. Oh, dang. It's still, oh, crud. I still am living this life. It was one of those mornings. And I woke up and I'm laying there and I look out and there's a wall. I mean, it's the basement. It's a wall and this ledge. And then you can kind of see some green, but it's not like this plush open area. And I'm laying there and I immediately, within my first breath, the tears start falling. And I'm like, I got to get up and do this again. Lord, I need you. And I'm not kidding you. It felt like a second later, I look up and two deer are standing on this wall. It still just makes me just get weepy because he called my name. He called my name. And so what I'm telling you today is that the creator of the universe knows your name and he calls your name and he speaks your name in your own language. He speaks it to your heart. I can tell you there are verses I have read for years and for whatever reason, when I'm reading it, it's like, that's for me. There it is. Oh my gosh, how have I not ever read that? I don't know, but today God called my name. And an encounter happens with the living God. Many of us that come to Bible study, week after week, we walk away and go, I heard it. I heard him call my name. And when he calls your name, it is undeniable. It is undeniable. And the next morning, the enemy will want you to believe that it didn't happen. And part of your journey as a disciple is to believe him. To believe him. Did he send those deer and plop them right out? You better believe he did. Was Psalm 127 meant for me yesterday? You better believe it was. Absolutely. He called my name and he called Mary's name. And discipleship is receiving the truth that he knows my name and he's calling my name. It's an encounter with Jesus. An encounter with Jesus. And I can tell you they vary. I've had earth shattering encounters with Jesus and then I've had sweet encounters with him. But they're still encounters. A relationship with Jesus is alive, it is active, and it is meant to be enjoyed every day of your life. Every day of your life. It is not a belief system that you kind of punch a clock on. It is not a religion. It is a relationship. It is a relationship. Why do I go to church? To strengthen that relationship through a body of believers called the church. He called her by name. She cries out, teacher. And the next thing he says to her is, don't cling to me. Don't cling to me. Now, do you think he's like, don't cling to me? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. That's not who he is. He's loving her, but he's saying, we can't stay here. Don't cling to me. Don't cling to me, Jesus said. Why? Because I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them. I am ascending to my father and your father, to my God and to your God. So what happens? She encounters Jesus. She inhales him. She takes him in. She experiences him. And then what does he say? Now go exhale it out. Go tell somebody about it. That's what discipleship is. It's inhaling and exhaling. Taking him in and breathing him out. That is what it means. 
That is what it means. And what did he tell her to do? He gave her specific instructions. He said, go find my brothers and tell them that I'm sending to the Father, to your Father and mine and my God and your God. He tells her what to do next. And what does she do? Well, verse 18, Mary Magdalene found the disciples. And this is what I love about this sweet woman. She says, first it says she told them, I've seen the Lord. And then she gave him the message. God bless her. Don't you know she was on fire? And she's like, I gotta tell you what he did for me. I gotta tell you my story. Oh, and by the way, here's what he wants you to know. That's what it is. That's what discipleship is. I'm encountering the living God and then I'm obeying what he tells me to do. That's it. It's simple it's, it, and it's meant to be simple. <sighs> Breathe him in and exhale it out. Inhale and exhale. And Mary did that. She had an encounter with Jesus that was personal. She heard him call her name. It changed her and she did what he told her to do. Now, here's what I love about Jesus is he didn't say, all right, go and you've got the whole world on your shoulders. You gotta make sure your entire village is saved. It's all on you. Now, here are four spiritual laws. Here's how you're gonna do it. But get to work, Mary. That just stresses me out. Here's what he said. He goes, here's, what I, here's the low-hanging fruit. Here's where they are. They're the disciples. I want you to go to them. So when Jesus says to me, in my time with him, as I'm taking him in, I was reading a Psalm and he said, this Psalm is for somebody. I just knew it when I read it. 10 minutes later, the phone rings and it's a friend of ours that's looking for my husband and he's in a bad situation. And I shared that Psalm with him and it changed his whole day. I breathed it in and I exhaled it out and it was simple. It was simple, but it was glorious. That's what discipleship looks like. And so tonight, what I wanna do is I wanna invite Nona and Courtney to come up on stage and we're gonna flesh this out a little bit more. And what does this look like in 2018 for us? And so I want us to talk about it. And here's why I wanna do that. Because I want everyone in here to know the truth that a relationship with Jesus is accessible for you. It is not something that uber spiritual people get to take part in and you get to see it from the sidelines. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Jesus died for all of us. He's called every single one of us by name. There's not one of us in this room that is more special, unique, or spiritual than the other. Are you needy? Yeah, okay. Are you looking for him? Mm-hmm, okay. Is he calling your name? You bet. Are you listening? Listen in. Now, does he have something for you to do? Does he have purpose for you? You better believe it. You better believe it. That's what it looks like. Now, that's a... This is a raw form, but we're gonna start here tonight and we're gonna talk about it. So let me introduce my cute friends. Courtney Garrett. Courtney, say hi to everyone. Hi, hi. Good. Oh, checking, that's not on. Checking, checking. Nona Lander, say hi, hi. everyone. Hi. Okay. Hey, hi. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, as I was thinking about this, because we, um, we, we talked about this week, so last week was just one of those just bad, dark weeks. And um, primarily it's because my three-year-old, I just, I, I have, I've gone beyond being humbled. Now I'm just humiliated. You know? <laughs> That's when I'm just going to, it just has been a really trying time whenever I'm not see, seeing like some 
behavior that I would like to see and some different things. And it was just, it, it totally beat me down. And I've had to repent from all the judgment of people that have hard children. And I'm like, I was <laughs> judging you and I'm sorry. I was and making fun I'm, of you and targeting my heart. And now I'm you. I, well, yeah, a yeah. lot. And so anyway, I woke up um, Saturday morning and the, it was one of those, wake up and you're just ready to cry because here we go again. Yep. And so I just told my husband, I was like, can I just have some time? I need to go upstairs to our room and can you take the kids? And so, um, you know, to have a quiet time, which was code for, I just want to cry by myself. And, <laughs> and so took my coffee upstairs and I just ugly cried for a good while. And all the while though going, okay, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What is going on? What is going on here really? And as I was just struggling and crying, he, the, the, the words that his grace is sufficient came to my mind. And I know it was the Holy Spirit just putting it right there. And how many times have we heard that or you've seen that? Or, and, um, but it was for me at that moment. And mm -hmm. then that led me to, the, to pick up my Bible and be like, okay, let me read through what, what was going on. And then it was all about how his power is made perfect in my weakness. And you know, with parenting, we feel so weak sometimes. And, and that is really exactly how I felt. And I just felt like the Lord just gave me enough, um, just that word that his grace, he's right there with me. He hasn't abandoned me. He's, I just needed to lean into him more and just say, okay, Lord today I can do today mm -hmm. now that I, and so, um, so that was, that was probably my most recent kind of profound moments, you know? Yeah. So. That's an encounter. And I am on the other end of the spectrum. I am been chased by this word empty nester, like it's a bully chasing me, wanting to beat me. <laughs> I hate the word empty. There's nothing good about empty. Yeah. Um, empty ice cream. There's yeah. No. Mm -mm. Good about empty. No. That's right, Nona. I love ice cream. Yeah. Um, so I'm just, you know, constantly trying to reinvent my day. By the second hour of the Today Show, I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> So I just, you know. Still got nothing. Yeah. And I mean, I raised my kids with a couple of these moms back here, Kim and Elaine, and they know I was all up in it, mom. I mean, I, my identity was wrapped a lot in who they were. And so, you know, when you're in a transition, trying to remind yourself, like, you know, every morning, like, who am I? Who, what am I supposed to do today? How am I supposed to, uh, how am I supposed to, you know, create this new transition? I'm in the in-between time. And so I really feel like that the Lord's been teaching me lately, um, just, you know, do what's in front of you, Nona, mm. you know, uh, Matthew 28, 19, go make disciples, you know, uh, what does that mean? Just be there for people, come up under people, love people well. And so instead of just that second hour with Hoda and Kathy Lee, <laughs> I would just get my phone and just say, you know, who can I encourage today? Who can I love today? Um, try to get... 10 or 15 people in a day and um, just wanted to say, hey, I'm just thinking about you. You're, you came to my mind. And I know that's God just saying, just do what's in front of you, Nona. That's good. So good. Um, I was trying to think in, in all of our lives, just oftentimes those encounters, I, I don't know if we're looking for something that, that, I don't know if our definition of encounter with the Lord might be skewed a little bit or it might be too lofty, but, but He's very accessible. The Lord is accessible and he meets us right where we are. And that's what I love about, 
about this on a stories. What I want to talk about for just a couple minutes, and then we're going to talk about two things and then we'll close, but is inhaling. I've used this word inhaling tonight. And what I mean by that is, is what do we do to take him in? What does it look like for me to have an encounter with Jesus? How do I do that? Do I just wait and hope that it happens? And no, I think there's some things that we do that put us in a position to connect with him. One is, um, in this season in my life, I am not one that is an uber detailed, uber structured person. If you know that well, ask anyone on the board at Yes. I drive them crazy because I'm just not that, I'm not wired that way. It's not, not who I am. And so for me, if I'm gonna spend time with the Lord, I'm gonna just kind of go where I feel led and it's kind of loosey goosey and it looks different. And for whatever reason, this January, I sensed the Lord saying, we're gonna get some structure and we're gonna get down to some nitty gritty. So I started a Bible reading plan that's taking me from Genesis to Revelation in a year span. And it is super structured in the sense of every single day I check in with it and it's kind of a to-do for me. And I read the passages that it tells me to read and I read a Psalm and that's it. And in the past, that feels like a straitjacket to me. I do not like that. This year, it has been the sweetest thing in my life. And so when I sit with the Lord, I am floored that he speaks to me through the book of Obadiah. How many of us even know where that is? Obadiah. Well, I can tell you about Obadiah. But what's interesting is as I've been reading that, I'm like, oh, that totally, totally relates to what's going on in my life right now. And what I've also noticed this season is that if I miss a day, um, I'll read it I'll catch up and I'll read two days in a row. And the day that I missed, I can, I'll read it. This happened twice now that I'll read and go that I needed that yesterday. I needed that yesterday. And I think the Lord is teaching me, you stay in step with me and don't, it doesn't have to be wrote. It, it can be wrote if you make it that way. But if you come to me believing that I'm going to speak with you and that my word is alive and active, it'll be alive and active in Obadiah. So you'll just trust me, Laura, I'll meet with you. And so for me personally, that's how I'm inhaling him right now. I think we inhale him through his word. I think we inhale him through prayer. I pray all the time. I'm always talking to him, always. Um, there are times I'm physically on my knees. There are times I'm in my car. There are times I'm yelling. There's times I'm just praying to bite my tongue. But I'm always in communion with him. So I think through prayer, we listen, we can press in and commune. And then I also think that we inhale him through community through community. You were not meant to walk this journey alone. You were meant to have a personal relationship with Jesus where you hear that your name is called. You are not by proxy. You didn't just get onto the boat because your best friend did. He sees you and he loves you and you need to understand that. But at the same time, he meant for you to walk this out locked arms with other believers. So oftentimes I inhale him through church, through Bible study, just like this, through relationships with other people. Tell me how you're inhaling him now. So um, similar, similarly, um, except um, I am a little bit, can be a little bit legalistic with my Bible reading. And so I have just kind of come up with a new... Legalistic meaning just uptight? Well, What's that? And, like, a rule follower. A rule follower. And I'm going to check uptight. in. She's really pretty. She is very pretty. Stop it. Um, I like to check boxes. She's never going to say yes to yes I, again. I, I, I like... I, <laughs> I like to check boxes and I feel like it's a little pat. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's workspace. Like mm -hmm. I'm thinking, well, my day's going to go well. 
because I've checked the box. Yeah, I deserve for it to go yeah, well. Yeah, right. for sure. So I'm trying to break away from that. And one of the ways that I've been doing that is I just started watching how my husband was reading his Bible. And the way he was reading his Bible was just every night he was getting in the bed and he was just reading as much as he wanted to read. And then he, you know, that was it. But I mean, it was sometimes He actually long- had freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Freedom, Laura. And it's so, a novel. Um, and there was there was no like Bible. There was no plan. Yeah. And all this, you know. And he had started in Genesis, and I, and then sometimes it was a long time, sometimes sometimes it was a short time. And I was like, well, what are you? What plan are you doing? Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about plan? And so, I'm like, well, wouldn't that be novel? Yeah. To just read your Bible like you do any other book that you read. Do you sit down to read a novel with a plan? All right, I'm going to knock out chapter one today. Yeah. And then, okay, so, but for some of us, so that, you know, we're all different, but that's how I'm reading my Bible right now. And so I read as much as I can whenever I can. And I've got small children and it doesn't always look the same every day. And there's freedom in that. And it's great. And so I'm just, um, so part of that. And then also, um, I really love a little time by myself in the car here mm. and there. So some podcasts have been yeah. very helpful for me. Yeah. And so it can be something on deep, like on like gospel coalition. It can be something, um, somebody said happy hour with Jamie Ivey. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, something like that. Um, I just found one called Risen Motherhood. It's kind of meeting me where I am in my motherhood. So that's also awesome. Yeah. Just to be able to yeah. get a little chunk, get or and also on a practical side, focus on the family has something always. Can you tell where I am? I'm in the trenches mm-hmm. with she small is. children. She's got three year old. So, <laughs> yeah. So, it's true. That's um, great, Courtney. So those are those are some of the things. And talking about the Lord with friends, I mean yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I we just really felt a need to go a little bit deeper this year. Um, my husband was doing a job transition and um, there's just a lot going on for us, and so we this we're in this nine week, nine month, uh, every Sunday night going deeper together, and it's been um, it's been hard. What is <laughs> it, mean, Nona? I it's a class or it's a Downton Abbey or something? Yeah. Sunday nights, but that's um, like I watch TV a lot, but I really don't. That's weird. She does watch TV a lot. But um, yeah, so I I really want to. I just thought that the Lord was telling me you need to be a lifetime learner. You need to just go back to just basics and, and just be a good student again and not be a teacher, just be a student and just sit and just and listen to it. And that's been... So it's a class at your church yeah, that you're doing? Yeah, it's a class of church and I've just been um, kind of pressing in with that and I think that's been um, leading up to going on a mission trip overseas this summer and it's just... Uh, it's been, I'm a rule follower. <laughs> and um, so I, I am not a rule follower. I yeah, must be the only I mean, one that's you know, not... I, I really like the discipline of... Uh, having a plan and what, you know, all that's involved in it. And actually that plan that's on the back of your sheet is a plan my mom taught me years ago, uh, created by Ann Graham Lotz. And it's uh, just a really simple three-step Bible study. And I work through that just 15 minutes a day. And that is super life-giving. That's where I get the word, like, you know, for the day or the word for the week or just for the word for the year. God just speaks to me through the Bible. Yeah, that's good. I want to talk a little bit. Those are some ways that we're inhaling. I had coffee with a mentor of mine today, and that was a way I was inhaling. I was connecting to the Lord through my friend Joyce. Um, Time out. I have one more. We, I whoa. pray on Monday mornings with, with a, a group of ladies. Yes, you do. And Joyce, and that has been, built that 9 to 10 a.m. time slot for me. <laughs> 
I've got something to do every Monday. Um, so these are just some practical ways that we are inhaling right now. And so um, uh, for me, exercise is a way that I inhale because I actually connect to the Lord when I run. I listen to worship music. That's huge for me. So um, there's just lots of things that are coming to mind. Our goal here is just to help paint a broad picture of what does it look like to be in a relationship with the Lord. It's, it's alive and it's active and it's ebbs and flows and changes. Um, some of the things I want to talk about too are ways that we exhale. What are ways that I'm obeying him right now? What's he asking me to do? And when I take him in, what is he asking me? How am I exhaling that? For me personally right now, one of the ways, there's two ways that come to mind. One is show up for my kids. We're about to end school and they have a field day on the 24th. Just shoot me now. I do not like field days. I don't like to sweat. I don't wanna be out there and God's saying, you're gonna go. You're gonna go and you're gonna work that candy machine and you're gonna do it. My friend Nitty will be there, won't you? Yes, she will. <laughs> be there. Second thing is I'm gonna go on a field trip to the Natural Museum of Science, science with my daughter. I, do I want, no, I don't wanna go. I do not want to go. Why am I going? Because this is an act of obedience that Jesus is asking me to do because it is going to love my daughter so well. And that's important to me. So he's asking me to do that. Recently, as, is, as, like, as recent as last week, I was invited to go to Africa with a missionary, um, with a, a group of women that are gonna go and they're gonna do mission work in Africa for a week for 11 days actually. And I was like, I can't do that. I can't leave my kids that long. I don't want a bunch of shots. Um, well, it's gonna be hard. I, no, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't do that. And as I was spending time with the Lord, I sensed him say to me, why can't you do that? Let's drill down. He asking me the question, he's connecting to me. And I said, because I'm afraid. And he said, right, do it. And I'm going, I'm going to Africa June 1st. So that's a big deal for me. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's like real soon. Yeah, two shots here and one shot here. Boom. How, yeah, done. Thank you. Pat, pat, pat. You realize that's just right around the corner. Yeah, okay. oh yeah, I do. It's after the field day. <laughs> I know, I was hoping it was May 23rd. It's not. Uh, you might need to be praying for your trip. God, pray for the field day. day uh. Instead of go to field day. Yeah. Just kidding. Okay, Court, tell us, how are you, how are you exhaling? A couple of different ways. Um, so we're out of our house. You got out, flooded too. Mm -hmm. And we're rebuilding our house. We're just starting. So we're like, not, I mean, we took it down. And so we're in a condo um, complex and I'm, we're just trying to be good neighbors there. We're like one of the only families there. A lot of them are um, single women that are um, either widows or older or, and and I just feel like that we need to be present there and try to get engage and um, and so that's we're going to be there for another year and so oh I just want to feel like that we are yeah. a blessing to yeah. them there um, while we're there. So that's one of the ways. And I don't even know what that looks like, but I'm praying for it. Um, and then um, another thing is I'm just I'm working on some some writing and a blog once a month on this uh, with the ministry that I work with, and so that's a way. It's, it's, it's actually a great thing because I have to spend time thinking through what is the Lord teaching me right now? And I, you know, I have a, have a due date. And, I, and so it's, it's mm -hmm. fresh and I get to write it out. And 
And so that's a, that's a helpful thing that kind of keeps me processing through mm-hmm. what does the Lord teach me right now. And, um, and then also, you know, in my friendships, I think over the last several years, the Lord's just used some seasons of suffering to really take down and chip away at some pride in my life. And, um, and so really being much more intentional with my close friends about really what's going on, mm. you know, and not just like, yeah, everything's good. You know, everything's not good. Okay? Yeah. It's not good right now. And I've got this three-year-old issue and, yeah. you know, our house is taking forever to get started. But just being honest about it and, and really inviting and saying, but this is what the Lord's teaching me here. And and what do you see in all that? You know, trying to be a little bit more intentional in my in my conversations with my friends because the truth is, a lot of times we're just not okay. We're not doing okay. You know, we're not so pumped about the summer. Yeah. Or, you know, or, you know what I mean. Or field trips. You know, yes. I mean, yeah, that's and, right. I mean, I'm like both excited that we don't have school and terrified. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. so um, trying to just be more um, invite them in. Yeah, oh, that's good. Nona Kay. Well, I have been. You know, I'm an empty nester. And I have just been more intentional with my husband and not in a weird way. I love him. And I, um, I, he's the one I want to encourage most. He's the one that I want to come up under and see his dreams come true. And he's, you know, um, transitioning. And that's a hard space for a man to transition. And so I just want to, um, I want to love him well. Mm. And so I think that God's called me. That's my number one ministry in mm. life is to love him well. And um, and that's a full-time job sometimes mm. and really exhausting. <laughs> that man, <laughs> she knows him. She knows. He's precious. Yeah. But um, that, that and as well as just uh, and trying to be a good friend. And uh, I'm not, you know, really trolling out there for new friends. I got a lot of friends. Yeah. Uh, a lot of friends. But, y'all, I, I, I do need people. And this past year, uh, Laura asked me to come on her board. And I won't get weepy about it. But the women on this board have changed me. They have shown me who, what grace is. They've shown me um, acceptance. And I'm the oldest one in the room now. Yes, it's so you weird. are. It's hard for no so much. Mm-hmm. But they've honored me and they've loved me and uh, they love me where I'm at. We and adore it's been you. Huge. It's been huge. It's been really life giving. Yeah, and you said yes to that. That I was a big step. That was a yes. Yeah, because yeah. it's a big commitment. Yeah. And I want to say, too, what I love about Jesus and our relationship with Jesus is it doesn't depend you don't need to be married or you don't need to be single to have a really fulfilled relationship with Jesus. You just need to be who you are. And I, and I really love that because I think what you're hearing from all of us is in our season of life, the Lord is speaking into it and he's telling us certain things and we're obeying him. And when we obey him, we see him and it's rich. We encounter him, we inhale him, we exhale him. And then through the exhale, we inhale again. And we, we, we're all candidates for that. And so our purpose tonight is that you would feel encouraged and that you'd feel like this summer can be drenched with the Holy Spirit in a way that you've not known before, that you can experience intimacy with the creator of the universe um, all on your own, all on your own. And it's just as sweet. And so that's my prayer for all of us. So I want to pray for us and then we will close tonight and you can go do whatever it is you were going to do. Um, but you have to promise me that you'll be back September 11th. No, 12th is here. 11th if you're in Friendswood. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you so much. I just, I thank you that you are a, not a God of confusion. You are not a complicated God, though you are a profound God. 
you just died in my place to bring me back into relationship with you. And I'm so grateful. And so I just pray tonight, if there's any of us in the room that really don't know if we've ever encountered Jesus, maybe tonight's the night. And maybe you've never taken a step and begun a relationship with him and tonight's the night. And to do that, you just ask him. And so if that's you tonight, you can just pray silently with me as I pray a believer's prayer. Just that, Lord, we, we see you and we recognize you. We thank you for calling our name. And we recognize, Lord, that we do not have it together, that we have sinned against you. We need your forgiveness. We thank you for the cross. And we invite you to come into our lives and lead us. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we ask, Lord, that you would meet us in unexpected ways throughout the summer. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, I love you more than my shoes. Come back in September and enjoy your evening. And y'all give it up for Nona and Courtney. Thanks, y'all.